Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of a podcast about a video game you may or may not have already played. I'm Juicebox. And I'm Jackson. And it's dangerous to go alone, so come with us as we chat about this week's video game. It's dangerous. Oh, you go alone. Wow. I nailed it. When, for like 20 episodes, you couldn't get that right? Yeah. And, and now here like I am. Five of those 20 episodes, you forgot the name of the podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, that was a rough one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah. lot of words. I get it. It's a lot of words. It's it's not like it's just like one little like snip quippy thing. It's just like a, it's almost like a full sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, but how are you? I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm tired. It's it's early again. Uh, mm-hmm. Not as early as our last two, but it's nine a.m. where I am, and I'm still on vacation. It's my last day of vacation. Mm-hmm. We've done. Th- have we done three episodes of you on vacation? This is three episodes of me on vacation, and I want to make it clear to everyone that I have not been on vacation for three weeks. We just condensed, basically bookended me being on vacation and recorded one say, the first like... day and one the last day. <laughs> Two weeks of vacation. I'm I'm working. I'm a working. I was gonna man say it sounds like it sounds like you took a month off to just go yeah. fucking gallivant. I was just like Jesus. <laughs> I'm doing um, well. It's last day of AK. Uh, I fly tomorrow morning. Uh, I'll make sure that switch battery's charged up and ready to go. And it's, mm. it's been a good vacation. A, a solid mix of nerd stuff and what normal people do on vacation for like sightseeing and things. So it's been pretty cool. I've, I've hopped around to really small towns in the mar- the mar- the Maritimes. Maritimes there. Can you uh, can you just beep, beep, can you go back to uh, nerd stuff? Vacation? Nerd stuff. Yeah, nerd oh, stuff. Well, so when I was touring and being in a different city each week, um, especially being in the states for like my sixth year, and a lot of the cities I'd already been to. And let's be honest, American sightseeing is not really that exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so most most cities that I would go to, I'd be I'd be like, cool. Is there a comic shop? Is there mm. a board game cafe? Is there a cool theater, like an ind- independent theater, or in the states, an Alamo Draft House, which is like a, like a almost like a a more artsy VIP theater mm. where they'll bring you your food to your seats, but then they're like, yo, respect the movie. If you're texting or talking, we're going to kick you the fuck out of the theater. Like, mm. watch the movie and enjoy the experience. It's very fun. So They put the saw jaw thing on you yeah. and make you shut up. And if yeah. you talk, it like opens. It's sound activated. Boom. Reverse watermelon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, that's so, yeah, fun. That's, that's what I try to do. There was a, a town in um, Nova Scotia, a little outside of Halifax, that I shit mm. you not was one four-way stop with... Mm like a flashing yellow light. That was the main of this little town. And it had a general store and then Mm. it had like a bunch of antique shops and it had like a small space in a parking lot for like weekend markets where people came and set up tents. Yeah. And then there was, uh, there was a yoga studio and a board game store. And I was like, there was a yoga studio. There was a yoga studio and a board game store. And I was like, those are two very strange choices for like bare bones small town living but i went into the board game store it was rad it was two floors very well organized very friendly staff and you go upstairs and you're like whoa i get the sense that some nerdy shit happens here because they have like (laughs) 
walls of uh, uh, painted like paintable miniatures for mm -hmm. various games like uh, Star Wars tabletop stuff, all the way down to D and D and that sort of thing, uh, and everything in between. And then they have these two massive tables where people can sit and jam, right? They can play, they can nerd out. And it was still pretty, I think it was like 11 a.m. when we rolled through. And there was like two open cans of Coke and an open bag of Cheetos and an open bag of Ruffles. And I was like, this is the authentic nerd <laughs> shit right here. <laughs> Smelt like Axe body spray and a little yeah. bit of BO. And a yeah. little bit of BO. Uh, <laughs> there was a there was a washroom upstairs or a bathroom for the Americans in the in the chat. Um, there was a bathroom upstairs, and I was like, "No one, this is not this is not maintained. There, this doesn't get cleaned." But there was toothpaste and like mouthwash there, and I was like, "Y'all do some marathon type shit." And oh, I, they just sit I there for it. hours. Yeah, oh, but at least cool. someone was like, "Hey, if you're gonna be here for three days straight, brush your fucking teeth." <laughs> There's a washcloth for everybody to wash their armpits. Yeah. Just, oh what do they call it? Just fucking sink bath it. Just dab away. Pits and slits. Yeah. Oh, well. Pits, pits and slits. Yeah. Wash your pits uh, and slits. I don't think I knew that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah that's, uh, that's, what, uh, that's what I say. for. It's, it's like a horse bath. You just uh, a makeup wipe in a sink. Yeah. No, I've, I've done that one. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's been fun and, and the nerdy the nerdy vacation style is, is always been my vibe and it's like whatever town I'm in, I want to find some nerd shit. I always tend to, I do a lot of reading on vacation. When you go away, oh. are you a reader? No. So I, I brought a book. Um, it's a fantasy novel. I brought a graphic novel, um, but I ended up, I love bookstores as well. So that's another spot yeah. that I go. I, I go and check out, just kind of wander the aisles, but I ended up snagging this book called nerd Adventures oh. in Fandom from This Universe to the Multiverse by Maya Phillips. I like how every font is like every different fandom. Yeah, right? It's really mm -hmm. cool. And I thought about you a little bit. So this is a collection of essays by Maya Phillips, who is a, a black woman living in New York, who wrote for New York Times and stuff about like their mm -hmm. films and, and entertainment and things. And she's like a self-declared massive nerd. And she talks about different fandoms and how her experiences varied across them. So there was a whole, there were basically separated essays, but there was a whole chapter on anime and she talked a lot about Sailor Moon and mm, like, my baby. Exactly. So mm. I learned more about it than I knew. Um, like I did know, but kind of not really the details that the American translation came over and they censored out a lesbian couple. Um, yeah. They censored out. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. They also censored out like graphic, horrible deaths in the first season. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize like that. I mean, it was spoilery, and I was kind of like, because I started, and I was like, yo, maybe I'll go back and watch it. Like, because the big thing she talks about is like female representation in a pretty positive, positive, powerful way that yeah. is kind of rare or, or or difficult to find in anime. And I was like, yo, I'll fuck with that. Um, and then, yeah, she was like, in the last episode. And then was like, yeah, there's like, everyone dies except the main character. And I was like, what the fuck? That's not I my mean, memory of it. But like, well, that's like the last like episode ever. But like in, in the series in itself, like they die all the time. Mm. Like they're constantly dying. All the Sailor Scouts die at the end of the first season. 
Yeah. And then they cut and then they just come back. Like oh, it's they're just, just like back again? Yeah, they just boop, come back again. Like it's oh. just, like death is just con- like a, a constant thing in Sailor Moon. You know, and then they're just reincarnated and then they're just like, oh, there there's Re- there's Rainy again. Like it's yeah. it's just like, yeah, they're they're dead and then they come back. Like it it happens a fair amount uh where you're kind of like you're not really worried about it. Uh but yeah, they all they all kind of at the end of the series finale and it's gruesome like gruesome like they're and sad there's like moments where like two characters die and like their last moments they're they just want to like touch hands and then they both just disappear before they can do that it's horrible it's horribly sad to watch but um but yeah no i love i love sailor moon sailor moon's one of my my favorite animes because it's it shows how you can be so strong and be so soft and feminine because I grew up and I was a really effeminate kid and I, yeah. and it was kind of cool to watch Herbie because Sailor Moon is the strongest character in the anime universe. Like you could, there is essays about how she has like time travel powers. She has regenerative powers. She has like all of these things, but it's all hidden behind this crybaby persona where she's just like, I can't do it. And then all of a sudden she's just like fucking levels yeah. a city, yeah. you know? So, and in a way, because of all of the trans, and again, this is this is from Maya's uh, perspective. All of the transformations become these like really over the top, colorful characters. The strength almost is like the the femininity. They're basically mm-hmm. saying like being over the top in these colorful ways is a strength in itself. And and mm-hmm. I thought that that's really cool as well. So mm-hmm. I got my my little there she is, boom, right there and on my then, end. I think they. She was saying that in the second season, there's basically trans representation because there's a trio of male characters that transition into Sailor Scouts, and when they go into like their the Sailor Stars mode, yeah, when they go into the yeah. powerful mode, they are now women, and and that's when they're all powered up and stuff as well. Um, yeah, there. It's like season five. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's season five, I think, and they're um. There's it's it's the last season, uh, I think. And then they're um yeah, they go from just like hot boy band, like a, a hot boy band trio, and then they transitioned into just like even hotter, like queer, like they them kind of girlies. And it, yeah. it's just like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and uh, unsurprisingly, I think American censorship said no to that season, and that, that season didn't air in America, allegedly. Uh, I think it did, but not as popular. And I think it was uh, it was edited to sound like they were still women, but just who dressed masculine. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's how they they had done it then. But it, it was crazy, even for the time, like for Japan to have been doing that representation. Think about it. It's like it was so long. Like it was so. I mean, I would have been very, very young. And mm-hmm. and I had that same thought. I was like, shout out to these creators who like representation has become a real focus in the last like 10 years. But and I think they that's were why so many people so love Sailor early. Moon, like queer mm-hmm. people love Sailor Moon. And I think it's that's a big reason for it is because we were able to see ourselves in that show at such a young age. Yeah, You know, I and this has incredible. been my TED talk about Sailor Moon. Well, I brought it. I, I mean, I forced you into it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a really cool book if anyone likes uh, nerd shit. And for me, this mm-hmm. has been a, a lesson in perspectives of someone who's very different from me, right? A, a black mm-hmm. woman in nerd culture and how she navigates it and how she finds love for these properties despite 
you know, she talks about representation as well in, in the superhero superhero genre. There's also um, really Card Captors too. Have you ever watched Card Captors? I have not, but she did talk about it briefly as well as one of her so, own. Card Captors, her older brother, Sakura's older brother, is actually in a queer relationship uh, right. with a man. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not. It's not like outward in your face. I think, yeah. and I, I haven't watched the Japanese one enough to know if it is in your face. But he's essentially like he has this like soft little friend who turns out to be one of Sakura's protectors. Like, but he's like kind of his boyfriend and he's always over and he's and sakura loves him but her brother is like her mean older brother it's like this whole thing so you're seeing this like queer relationship in anime too no i love that and you know what she may have mentioned that i read that chapter last week Mm -hmm. um but i think she said that there was maybe it was that one it could have been a different anime but the representation was even better because it wasn't like this character was gay or queer for the purpose of it. Like they didn't fall into any of the tropes. They just were. And it was like just the thing that fucking happened and was in the background and they existed and had many other layers to their character. And that was just one Mm -hmm. of many. Right. Love it. I thought that was sweet too. It made me really want to get back into anime uh, and watch the series. So I just card capture clear card. Beautiful. You could rewatch all of the sailor moon. They've redone most of it. So they got a lot of the monster of the week episodes out. So you can kind of get the whole story done in like five seasons. And it's, it's a lot, uh, it's a lot nicer. Like they've redone the, the, the animation where it's a lot prettier. Um, So you could watch it like that if you wanted to, but it's, it's really well done. I mean, it's a great anime. Will you share your Crunchyroll login with me? I would, but it's not mine. It's Lapin's. Ah, I'll go. To, <laughs> I'll go right to the source. Duh. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, but my weekend, speaking of anime, my weekend was really good. I was at Fan Expo this weekend. I was you were at special- Fan Expo. Yeah, I am just the podcast fucking girly. I was yeah. uh, asked to be a special guest on Ghost Facers, which is a supernatural, like the TV show. Uh, oh my god sorry i burped um it's a supernatural review show so they review supernatural from episode one all the way to the end Ugh. and um we did episode uh season eight i forget what episode but it's larp and the real girl where it's essentially um uh some scary mur- uh, supernatural murders happen within a- the larping scene uh it's great it's the- it was like the premise yeah, and it's like the perfect episode for Fan Expo because it was like it's supernatural, but then it's also like fucking LARPing and cosplay, mm-hmm. right? So it just made so much sense. So that was with um two two guys that I've worked with quite a lot. I've I've actually become not I wouldn't say a regular on that podcast, but I pop in every now and then. Like I've I've guessed it on I think three or four times. Um so we did that. We had one of the biggest crowds out of uh yeah, all of the the whole weekend for podcasts, which was really cool. Damn. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. They they were kind of downplaying themselves. They had mentioned to me, they were like, oh, this crowd is all because of you. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> this isn't my demographic. Like, I, this is all you guys. Um, so we, it was great. It was super fun. And then because of that, I wasn't in drag. Uh, I didn't have to sit at a booth and chat with anybody. So this is the first fan expo in a few years that I've been able to like go around and actually enjoy it. So it was super okay. fun. And how was that freedom? Great. I got to go to the bathroom and didn't have to, you know, carry a suitcase or fight out of some kind of restricted outfit. I didn't have to constantly stop and take photos of people. I was able to just kind of just enjoy myself. I did have a bunch of fans recognize me and take photos with me and stuff, which was nice. And I, I really appreciated it. 
but it was a lot I was kind of able to just maneuver my way through the space a lot more incognito you know I love it. Uh, Full disclosure, Canadian Podcast Awards were kind enough to invite us again Mm -hmm. to their booth for for this event as well. And I already had this massive um, Maritimes vacation plan. So it was my fault that we weren't there, but they were so kind and they were like, you know, we'll we'll circle back and we'll try again for the next one. Um, But as you know, uh, Juice, more than anyone, I clammed the fuck up at Fan Expo or at Toronto Con, <laughs> Toronto Comic Con in yeah, March. You did. Um, <laughs> how did this compare to that event? Like it was just so busy. I was so you would have um, you would have burst into tears and cried. You wouldn't have been able to do it. It was so busy and so mm-hmm. insane that I feel like you would have just like sat there st- silent. Just... Like it was it was crazy town. So I think maybe next time maybe we'll both go and cosplay and that'll help. Yeah. Let's do, what, what if we do Flynn and Rapunzel, a la our old photo shoot, well, your mm-hmm. old photo shoot that I showed up to, um, yeah. or something like that. And, and, and if we do have time at the, the booth, we do a game because there was that D&D podcast uh, whose name is escaping me. No, no Quest? Something no Quest like for that. the Wicked, I think. That's the one I think, yeah. Um, and they showed up right after us and fuck, they were doing it right. And I actually saw on their Instagram, they were there again, uh, for this event and they were doing it. Yeah. I'm, I'm missing this time game, which is cool. Um, so shout out to those guys. So we, I can, what I'm saying is I can do better. Okay. But speaking of doing better, we should chat about this game. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, tell me about the merch that you bought. Cause I like, Oh, I bought, I just bought an. I just bought an acrylic um, Inosuke from uh, Demon Slayer, a print from my gym. It's really cool. He's shredded, shredded with a big boar's head. I love yeah. him, my baby. I saw, uh, I, I saw your post that you were feeling good about your progress, and I wanted to say, like, your approach. You. Like, if you went uh, curly mustache, you could be old timey strong man. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. I just yeah, want to get my good. i, I want to get my waist a little bit thinner, but so far I'm feeling good. Keep it up. Yeah, thank you. But yeah, we've got to start this. We got to start this. So we are chatting about Kingdom Hearts this week. So Kingdom Hearts is the most fucked up, weird universe. I love it so much. It has games from Kingdom Hearts one to. I'm just going to read all the games off to you. Do it. So we have in this is in timeline. So Kingdom Hearts one. Yeah. Chain of Memories. Three sixty five dash two days two. Coded, Birth by Sleep, 3D Dream Drop Distance, uh, 0.2 Birth by Sleep, A Fragmentary Passage, Union Cross, 3, 3 Remind DLC, Melody of Memory, and Dark Road. That is so many of them. Now, the mains are Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and 3. Yeah. But uh, to understand the story, which makes no fucking sense, you have to play this... You have to play those those intermediate middle ones. Yeah. I will say that if you had made up a title and put it in that list, I wouldn't have been able to tell you which one was fake because Imagine they I did. all sound fake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my the, the most fake one for me is Kingdom Hearts 0.2 Birth by Sleep, A Fragmentary Passage. That oh, that was fake. all one. I thought That's that was all one. like three titles. No, it's they all are Kingdom Hearts. But then Kingdom Hearts, Birth by Sleep. I didn't want to say Kingdom Hearts this, Kingdom Hearts this. So I just no, said at the end. But they all sound fake. They all sound mm-hmm. insane. Yeah. Um, the story is absolute 
lunacy and yeah. i love it it's it makes it's complete garbage it like nonsense wise it doesn't make any sense it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't make, make one bit any of sense. sense so are mm. we talking about which which of them all of them so no, I was going to, I wanted to kind of talk about it as the, as a universe. Sure. Um, but because there is so many, I think we're just going to start with Kingdom Hearts 1 mm. and kind of the gameplay, the world, how it kind of works um, as a game and why I think that Kingdom Hearts is the perfect starting game for gamers. Beautiful. This is like, this could be mm-hmm. video essay style. You come in, oh. you've got a hypothesis. I, I want to hear it. So I here's like why, because Kingdom Hearts 2 was maybe the first game that I played front to back. And I just fell in love with it because I had played games before. Like I played like Zelda and like Mario and all that stuff. But Kingdom Hearts 2 was the first one that I could really sit down and kind of sink my teeth into and like finish and really kind of quote unquote understand what to do. Because Kingdom Hearts, you just never fucking understand what's going on. But it's a lot. Yeah. So um, have you played Kingdom Hearts? So I did not really. So again, those who may be unaware, I was a skater with Disney on ice for nine years. So Disney is in my DNA. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I dabbled a little bit with the first one, but I don't think it was really on my radar. I had friends that were really into Kingdom Hearts, but it was never one. Like when I was young, I didn't have like free flowing access to a lot of games. So I just kind of yeah. played whatever I had. It wasn't something that I would go and chase new games. So Kingdom Hearts was under my radar for a while. And then I played three on stream. And we've talked a little bit about the story being crazy already. Yeah. I had and to starting watch... three, like now that I've started playing three, starting three as your first one is fucking nuts. It was insane. <laughs> That makes but no sense. I watched a 25-minute video mm-hmm. of someone recapping the story like as quick as possible for the entire series. And it took 25 minutes. And there were moments where they were like, oh, yeah, this storyline just kind of disappears. There's no conclusion. We don't really know Melts what away. happened there. Melts away. Weird. And it, yeah. I was like, how is this like one of the most like historied video games that franchises like it's it's insane i think it's because of the disney aspect 100 because without disney like there was a there was a moment where i know that they're coming out with kingdom Hearts 4 and i saw i know i'm gonna buy the shit out of it but um but i saw the way that they had animated it and there was no disney aspect right there was no the only thing for four there was what they had shown with um was that like the kind of like things you could do but they were in a city there was no disney there was only donald and goofy but there was no Disney, so I was just like, is this going to do as well? Because there's no Disney. But um, Kingdom Hearts is a series of action role-playing games created by Japanese game designer Tetsuya Nomura and Shinji Hashimoto, being developed and published by Square Enix, and is collaborated between Square Enix and the Walt Disney Company is under the leadership of Nomura, a longtime Square Enix employee. So this is essentially a Japanese game company and Disney collaborating on a game. So the best way I can always describe Kingdom Hearts, if you haven't played Kingdom Hearts, is if you like Final Fantasy, yeah, and if you like Disney, yeah, and you don't really care about things making a lot of sense, you just want to kind of have some fun. Perfect. Lock it you know? in. Lock it in. You know, lock and load. Enjoy. So, so it so, is set in the Final Fantasy universe. Am I getting that right? 
kind of it's almost like because there's final fantasy characters within the kingdom hearts universe yeah so like cloud and stuff like they're all they're in there yeah yeah yeah. they're they're there you know so kingdom hearts is essentially you start on destiny island and it's sora riku and kairi sora is the main character Riku is like kind of the older brother brooding, you know, friend character. And Kairi is almost the like, quote unquote, love interest. But like, they're so young that it's kind of like, it would be weird. But they're on this island. There's some friends around, like goofy other little friends that you play with in the tutorial. There's no adults. There's no parents. There is no... Living the dream. They somehow have clothes, but you're looking at this island like... <clears throat> where do you live? How do you survive? Where do you poop? You know, like it's nothing makes sense. Those are the about, questions. Yeah. And you see this island, you're just like, okay, like, is this like an island you play and do you live somewhere? Like, where are your, where's your families? And then all of a sudden you just dive right into the, the game. It gets, the story starts to get really strange. These little things called the heartless show up. Yeah. So there are these tiny little, like almost, um, they almost look like elves in black robes with yellow sure. eyes. And you have to fight them using a thing called the Keyblade. So the Keyblade is... Iconic. Oh, incredibly. I have to get... Don't I'm getting one, one tattooed shelf? on me. I've got one right behind me right here. Yeah. But so essentially a Keyblade is a sword, but it just looks like a key. And the key is meant to unlock worlds, hearts, heartless. Sure. And then also fight so it's like it changes it it, it changes (laughs) it can be different keys but it's always the key but it's so confusing we've just started and i didn't expect to already run into something that is so simple in concept yet but you're like nonsensical you're like yeah "Yeah, it's a key that's a sword it's a key blade it's a blade that's a key that's a key and it also does like 30 things sometimes yeah and so you essentially start, you fight this thing. Kairi then gets sucked away. Riku also gets sucked away. And you kind of fall into this like other world, which is essentially just a bunch of platforms of different Disney um, stained glass window floors. Oh. Cool. Uh, with Yeah. And that's essentially the tutorial. But this is the world you get fallen into, and it's kind of the way that you're building how the game's going to be. Is the game going to be easy? Is the game going to be concentrating on strength, magic, or uh, defense? Um, so that's a choice what, that you can you can kind of make, like build your characters yeah. around. Oh, okay. It's almost like a building a character, but it's building how the it's building your difficulty level. Like, oh, okay, do you okay, want to okay. be stronger, or do you want to have your magic be stronger? Oh, do you want to have more of a defense aspect to this? So there's those kind of things that you can go about. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of how it starts. And then you just sort of fall into this, like you meet Donald and Goofy and you kind of fall into this like world where they sort of join you. And then you have to then travel to all of these different Disney worlds, like these literal planets that are like, that are like, here, what are they? I have them here. So you yeah. travel to Atlantica, which is Little Mermaid, Alice in Wonderland, Tarzan, which has the hardest level of vines I've ever played in my life. Uh, Monstro, which is Pinocchio. You're in the whale. A Hundred Acre oh. Wood, which is... Um, what's his name? The Fat Bear. Winnie oh, the Pooh. 
Winnie the Pooh, uh, Dive to the Heart, which is a, which is which is Snow White, but it's basically just those like the stained glass windows part. Uh, you go to Aladdin, you do Neverland with Peter Pan. Then they have like this middle ground, which is essentially Traverse Town, which is where like it isn't anything. It's just kind of where you make it to these other worlds. Hercules and then a bunch of other ones. Like there's a ton of just these like other worlds that you get to travel to. So it it's so confusing, but I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really unique example of Disney kind of loosening the reins on their brand a little bit as someone who worked for Disney. They are so particular Mm -hmm. about the representation of their brand with external vendors. It's they have like a chokehold on it. Um, The games company that I work for now released a Disney game last year as well. Um, Shout out to Disney Mirrorverse. It's actually another really unique example. It's literally Mm -hmm. like the two examples that I can think where Disney said, okay, you have our Disney license. You can really kind of change and, and have some creative liberties with it in ways that I don't think many other people get the opportunity to. Like our game has really unique takes on the different Disney characters. Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, who is it? Not Snow White. It's Belle. Belle is like a powerful mage with like a big cape and a staff. And like, they really kind of changed the script. But Kingdom Hearts is another example where they're like, yeah, it's totally fine for Donald and Goofy to go around and beat up stuff hanging out with a group of characters that are not from Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems that that alone is enough to say Kingdom Hearts is going to go off the rails because it just, it already as a premise is something that's so unfamiliar and yeah. then they've made 35 of these games. So I can, 35 it just million. gets more wild And did you know that in the Final Fantasy universe, yeah. Donald Duck is one of the most powerful mages? Apparently, I saw a headline and I, did I send it to you? I might have, uh, I think Probably. I just posted it. I think I just posted it on my Instagram that Donald is no longer, as of Final Fantasy 15, is no longer the strongest mage he's now like number two because there was a newer stronger someone yeah but fucking donald duck was up there who is i will say the worst healer that you could ever have on your team but makes me crazy my limited experience with this game is people just yelling at donald for not doing his fucking job yeah he's supposed to heal you and keep you alive and he just does not and then you just die and you're like fucking donald um but I will say, just to kind of go in, that's the sort of like the, the the easiest way I can explain the story without trying to get super deep. Gameplay-wise, this is a hack and slash. This is, you've got your sword, you've got Donald and Goofy as your backup, and you are just hacking, slashing, stabbing, that's it. Yeah. Right? Um, which is super fun. And for me, I find is like, if you do want to go into about this as a new gamer, you can button mash, you can smash and hit and just, you'll eventually start to get to know the controls and you'll still have a nice time. You'll still have a good time. They kind of dog walk you through like boss battles a bit. Oh yeah. They dog walk you right through a boss battle. Like you'll be fighting. And then all of a sudden there'll be like a press a and you press a, and it goes through like a fun cutscene of you fighting, you know, the thing and hitting them and stuff. So it's like, 
They dog walk you a bit, but that's again, if you're a new gamer, that's the perfect thing for you to have in a boss battle where you're not like falling into it and you have no idea what to do. Um, when, so that's really fun. Hmm. When you fight like main bosses, like big bads, are they villains from the Disney universe or are they kind of handcrafted, created just for Kingdom Hearts? It's a mix. Yeah. It's a mix. Sometimes it's like you're fighting. Like you're fighting Jafar or you're fighting uh, Ursula or sometimes you're just fighting a big blob, you know, mm-hmm. like it's it's a it's a definite mix. I prefer when you're fighting like an actual character that you're familiar with, um, but sometimes they are just characters that were made for the game, you know, yeah. or they're Final Fantasy characters that you're fighting against. Oh, damn. Uh, yeah, it's cool. But then there's also like the the ones that were just like specifically made for Kingdom Hearts. So there's like the Heartless. There's the... um. Oh my god, what are the other ones called? The there's Heartless and then there's There's a whole like council and everyone has District X-Names. 13. Yeah. yeah, District 13. And that one, but that doesn't come in until a lot later. That doesn't come in until Kingdom Hearts 2 and Kingdom Hearts 3, which I find the story in Kingdom Hearts 3 is a little bit more compelling. Kingdom Hearts 1 is kind of like a little bit more mysterious. Kingdom Hearts 3 story, not a clue. Not one idea what is happening, but No. So No. <clears throat> I played 3 very mm. briefly. <clears throat> because I streamed it, but the first four worlds aligned with my Disney on Ice career. Like the first four worlds had Toy Story. Toy Story 3 was my first ice show. Mm-hmm. It had uh, Tangled, where I, I played Flynn Rider for a couple of years. It had Frozen. I forget what the fourth one was, but I was like, whoa, that's kind of just a perfect fit. I will say, no goddamn idea what was going on in it though i again i watched a 25 minute video i had my mods quiz me on Mm -hmm. the information and i just had no idea i just was completely lost how many of those in between games have you played none none of those so one two three is enough for you to kind of do you think you would understand the story more if you had or would it just yeah 100 percent 100% 100% okay. I think I would have understood the story more if I if I had played these because you kind of kind of get a little bit more. Um, I think Chain of Memories I purchased and then I just was like, I can't fucking do this. Right, um, right, right. I also have uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 Birth by Sleep or Coded and I think it comes with like some of those middle games and I tried them and I was like, I fucking hate this. So I just never touched them. But another thing that happens with Kingdom Hearts when it comes to story, especially with one, two, and three, and I'm guessing in betweens as well, with the story to understand it, is that Kingdom Hearts has the most cutscenes that I have ever in my life seen in a game. And that's why, again, why I think it's good for beginner gamers, because you get a lot of breaks. You get a lot of time to sit and just watch. Rest Uh, those thumbs. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to look up Kingdom Hearts uh, cutscene time. Yeah. Yeah, so because we talked about it for three and how you're still playing it, and it's like 35 hours of cutscenes in a 60 hour game. Yeah, so I calculated how many hours cutscenes there was across the entire series, and there is uh 53 hours across the entire series. The entire series, and if uh each cutscene, so Kingdom Hearts one is four and a half hours of cutscenes, which is not a lot. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. Um. Kingdom Hearts 3 has 10 and a half. That's double. That's a, that's a lot worse. That is so Kingdom, a lot. Kingdom Hearts 3 is like you're watching a film. 
yeah. Kingdom Hearts 1, I find you get a lot more gameplay. Um, but I will say, King, I understand that Kingdom Hearts 2 is my favorite. Oh, okay. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts 2 is my favorite. I will say, Kingdom Hearts 2 has 13, 13 hours of of cutscenes. 13 hours. But I feel like they're better spread out. Sure. So they're they're spread out a little bit more. They are longer, but you get more gameplay in between. Kingdom Hearts 3, I find you like walk one aisle and it's like a five minute cutscene yeah. kind of thing. So there are there are a lot of cutscenes. These are like beefy games. They are like about, I would say like 20 to 30 hour gameplays, yeah. but a lot of that is just cutscene. Could you, do you think, just watch like the cutscenes front to back and get a full understanding of the story or is there some so, story details that unfold as you actually play if you buy kingdom hearts on your pc through yeah. epic games it comes with kingdom hearts one two and i think coded i think coded is the one and it is literally just the cutscenes. that's it and the cutscenes don't change. These this is not like a choice based thing where the cutscenes will change. Yeah. Where it'll be like, oh, this this is the action I did, so I got this ending. This is the action I did, so this is what happened with this cutscene. They are the same every single time. There is no way for you to change these cutscenes. So you could just sit there and watch every single cutscene that Kingdom Hearts has ever done, and you could just sit there and watch it like a big long fucking movie. You could make it a TV series with how fucking long it is. <laughs> I wanna I wanna speak to someone who has done that. Like, that makes sense to me for, ch- well, I was going to say it makes sense for children, but, like, there's some violence and stuff. Like, how how aggressive, because the whole game, like you said, is hack and slash. It's inherently violent. But, but like, the do they always handle like, it in a, in a way that's, like, very child-appropriate? Yeah. It's like okay. when they you hit them, it's like, and then they just go, and they just disappear. Or they, they like, explode pop- into, like, a bloody mess. No, they explode into like little magic bubbles that you can pick up. Like it's a very like, most of their, like even the Keyblade in itself isn't like aggressive looking. It's like blunt. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it it literally doesn't even look sharp. Yeah. Blade seems like a bit of a misdirect. It's more like stick. Yeah. And then like, even like with the magic, even when you light something on fire, it's just like, like it's nothing is very aggressive about this game and at all. Like it's like. Like between this and what was the game you played where it was like people were being ripped apart um, in space? Dead space? Yeah. Like dead space and this are like polar opposites when it comes to violence. Okay. Interesting. So it, it is very Disneyfied. So a little further from Kingdom Hearts 1, which I know we're focusing on, there was like how many years between 2 and 3? Wasn't it like 12 years in development before 3 got released? Yeah, to the point where Haley Joel Osment was like a full blown like adult man. Oh, because he still, voiced he voices Sora, and oh, he okay. had to, and he still voices Sora, but he is a full blown oh, adult yeah. man who is who is voicing a tiny little sixteen year old. Mm-hmm. So it, you can tell the voice is a lot different. Yeah. Yeah, and now with Kingdom Hearts Four coming out, that's another like what that's seven gonna, years? It's gonna be twenty years away. Yeah, it's insane. the 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 time it takes for them to put a game out is crazy. Well, but so, I think because of the t- the games in between, that's why it takes so long. Yeah, that's probably a big part of it. But game development has gotten to a point in its in its life cycle where 
a big AAA game takes like nine to ten years to make. It's it's mm. actually overwhelming. It it it's borderline a problem because how do you fund a studio for ten years without releasing a product, right? Yeah. They, they and imagine it comes out investors. and it's a flop. Imagine. And it happens and it sucks. Um, yeah. But the Harry Potter game. <clears throat> how long did that take? And then people played it for like a week, and that was it. But it made bank. It made it got its bag, oh. babes. Yeah, it got its bag, but like that was it. Like you play yeah. all that ten years of that for a week of gameplay. Like that's Fair. insane. And then you layer in that you have to have Disney approve every single detail. And I can tell you, they are not easy to convince. It wouldn't surprise me if you attributed all of like the confusing plot to Disney saying, no, you can't do blank, do something else. And then the studio getting to the end of their rope and being like, I don't know what else you want from me. Just ship it. (laughs) Just put it out. (laughs) Nothing makes sense. Fuck it. Yeah. 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 If there's anybody out there who thinks that that this makes sense, um, please explain it in like the most dumbed down pop crave detail that you can for me. I wouldn't. I say this with like some drama, some exaggeration. Mm. But if someone came to me and they were like, hey. I am 1000% confident that I can speak to you and explain the entire series in a way that makes sense in 10 minutes or less. I'll bring them on the podcast to tell us. Easy. <laughs> I don't I think they like, exist. I don't, I don't think, think anyone could do it. No, I don't think they exist. And the whole yeah. time I'd be like, that makes no sense. Um, but yeah, so the game itself is, is super fun. It's great for beginner gamers because of the easy gameplay, the cutscenes, and the the kind of like soft and gentle storyline of like Disney characters getting yeah, to play with Yeah, familiarity, right? Yeah, so I would say it's it's like the perfect, perfect starting game if you were going to start with something you know to really fall in love with but that's a but that's if you like like role-playing rpgs or if that's kind of something you want to break into um i would say for this game Mm. i would give it because it has the absolute audacity nine um bloodied after a battle mickeys out of Out of 10 confused about the storyline Soras. You think the main character also doesn't understand the story there? Oh, I think Sora is like, what the fuck am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the series is its own beast, right? It has such, it has a really passionate fandom. It is incredibly unique. Like I said, it doesn't, it, it gets to tread ground that, you don't see often like they fuck with mm-hmm. Disney and, and, and make it work. And it has such nostalgia for people, even if they've never played the game, they can still hop in and be like, Whoa, this is, these are all the Disney properties I was a fan of as a kid or, you know, as a Disney mm-hmm. adult and that sort of stuff. So I think it's, it stands in a class of its own. So in that sense, yeah. it gets a one out of one. Cause it's the only one <laughs> in that class. There's actually in Kingdom Hearts 3 when they go to the Frozen World, there is yeah. a section of cutscene where it is just let it go. Oh yeah, song. it literally just plays the song back. The whole the whole song and the as a video and they just happen to be in it. Yeah. And they're just at like one point in he the go- music video like Yeah, and then he as it ends he went, "Wow, what was that?" <laughs> Again, that to me, that screams Disney being like, "Cool, so you know how you're doing a Frozen segment?" What if you, you just played all of Let It Go? And they're like, but that doesn't 
that's not a video game. That's just watching a music video. And they're like, do it. (laughs) Essentially too. I know we're still, I know we're supposed to be talking about Kingdom Hearts 1, but in Kingdom Hearts 3, most of the Frozen world was just a retelling of the whole movie. Yeah. Like it wasn't like, cause I find all the other games is just like, you're not really going through this like retelling of the story. You're kind of going through it from like a different angle. It's almost like the story had already passed yeah. and you're kind of going about it like after that, this was straight up. You landed and she had, you were, you just landed right in the film, you know? So that was Disney's a weird not going to let you fuck with frozen. Frozen is their, their golden egg. They're not going to, yeah. you, you cannot change. They're not going to let you. It's so weird. Yeah. But, but yeah, so that's kingdom Hearts one. Maybe we'll touch kingdom hearts two and three eventually but you that was finished one. three yet right no I it's hard it, the cutscenes are rough the red cutscenes are really one. rough to get through yeah so i'm gonna get through um eventually it's just i, I find with king mercy i need to take a lot of breaks right a lot of breaks a lot yeah. of breaks yeah um but i do enjoy it but a lot nice. of, i need a lot of time to get through it um but yeah thank you guys so much for joining us for another week of a dangerous go alone we really appreciate the support we really appreciate you guys coming and listening to us just absolutely banter about probably nothing most of the time um jackson where can they find us on socials they should come hang out on instagram we're there at eight danger pod feel free to check out any of those videos share them with friends we posted a really fun one from our last episode about juice's most recent experience at hooters um Mm. we called out serenity which i feel a little bit bad about but Maybe we should bring Serenity on as a guest uh, and just have her tell yeah. us about her favorite video yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think she uh I think she's got a few. I think she's a gamer. Yeah, capital G yeah. gamer. Serenity. Yeah, capital G gamer. I think she I think she plays a lot of uh, uh what is it? COD? What is COD? Oh yeah, big time. Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I love that. But thank you guys so much and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye everyone.